Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. Get ready to do that wushu that you do so well. Everybody Wing Chun tonight because we are talking Shang-Chi and the legend of the Ten Rings on Normies Like Us. The Rings gave our family power. You are a product of all who came before you. That guy with a freaking machete for an arm just chopped our butts in half. It's time to show the world who I really am. My name is Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. Shang. 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 S-H-A-N-G. Shang. That's what I said. You heard it up top. Welcome back to Normies Like Us, where we are kung fu fighting, and we are fast as lightning, because that's right, we are talking Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, the new Marvel movie, the comics, the character, all of it, here on Normies Like Us, with your host, uh, Kung Fu Colin. Uh, Mike Wafina. <laughs> nice uh and this is uh jacob in the 10 rings uh amazing uh, <laughs> jacob long about that you're the yeah. jacob anderen um that's right yes yeah. yes and maurice uh is somewhere running around too maurice i hope not <laughs> that thing is terrifying but yeah we're gonna be talking uh the latest marvel movie legend of the 10 rings starring simu liu aquafina and tony young uh, came out this weekend, and so that's what we'll jump into, as Colin said. But up top, let's talk a little bit of this movie's kind of something we haven't got a lot of in the last decade, and that's a martial arts movie. You know, I know growing yes. up, at least for me, martial arts movies were pretty big. Jackie Chan was still big. You have movies like Rush Hour. Jet Li was popular at that time. We had Crouching Tiger. It was a big theatrical, you know, darling at that time. So nowadays, not a ton of martial arts movies, a lot of spy action, but not really martial arts. So do you guys have a a history with martial arts movies, kung fu movies you kind of grew up with it? Or how how do you feel, Colin? Well, you know, Mike, we did the Bruce Lee episode. That's right. Uh, Go back and listen, Normies. I apologize for my bad audio. I, I love Bruce Lee. I was late to him. Didn't find him till like college. Jackie Chan was my guy growing up. Mm-hmm. But I think I confessed on that that, like, Crouching Tiger, as far as, this, like, seeing foreign films, was, like, the biggest experience I'd ever seen. Subtitles, you know, martial mm-hmm. arts you've never experienced before. To be back to that, you know, the, yeah. the wushu, wuxia-type filmmaking mm-hmm. with Marvel, I, I really never thought we'd be here. No, no, I didn't think so either. Jacob, how about you? Do you... Grew up watching the old uh, martial arts films, or um, yeah, a little bit. Um, you know, like Colin, I, you know, Jackie Chan. I was basically obsessed with Jackie Chan as a young uh, kid, as a kid, and as a uh, a young preteen, say uh, when I was like twelve or so. I I went to the video store and I rented uh, Shanghai Noon, and I watched that. Oh. I think that was my first Jackie Chan experience, and I was like, "Wow, this is the greatest movie I've ever seen in my life." At twelve years old. So, uh, from that, I just saw, like, a bunch of his older movies. Uh, you know, it's like Hong Kong action movies and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm familiar with Bruce Lee and, and his his work and that kind of thing, but I'm not too... There's a lot I haven't seen yet, but, like, you know, and also Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, that kind of, like, running up the walls and, and that kind of stuff I really love. The wire love. foo stuff. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm definitely into that. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and, you know, we kind of talked about it on the Bruce Lee stuff. You know, I'm a big fan of Bruce Lee and all kind of martial arts genres as a kid. If there was punching, kicking, or weapons, I was into it. Ninjas, you know, were big. Power Rangers. Ninjas were magic when we were kids. They were Power Rangers, Mike. They they had this, like, you know, they it was Dragon Ball Z. They could shoot energy and do martial arts. It, it was a perfect combo. Yeah, ninjas had like this power, right? And kind of Shang Chi is bringing a martial art superhero to the big screen, which is exciting. So, uh, as someone who has been a longtime fan of the genre, it's cool to see a return to it because for a lot of young people, this might be their first martial arts film, right? And that's an interesting way to look at this. Totally. But, um, yeah, so that's kind of uh, what I wanted to well, ask off top. And like you said, Mike, it's not necessarily that they make these movies anymore. We're kind of lucky that Marvel's pumping money into it. So can I ask, are you guys familiar with the Marvel character at all? 
I was not, uh, I had no idea about the character, Shang-Chi, about the Ten Rings. I didn't even put together that the, uh, the Mandarin from Iron Man 3 was connected to them until I saw, you know, Ben Kingsley sure. in the movie and I was like, oh shit. So, uh, that mm-hmm. was, that was very interesting. And I was like, oh, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and I was not familiar either. And as soon as we jump into it, we'll go through the history of the character and we'll talk the movie. But I, I didn't know uh, anything, kind of went into this cold, right, um, as far as background on the character. And, uh, I guess we'll discuss how, what we thought about it. You know, lightly, I liked it, but I didn't know anything about it going in. And I guess structurally, this is, you know, an origin movie. So we're totally. getting introduced to this character. They're introducing an audience who's maybe unfamiliar. And now if you're listening to this... One, there'll be spoilers, and two, you'll get an introduction to the comic background and origin of this character yourself. So there you go. E- <laughs> Did you know about him before? Are you following? Um, no, you know, if we are just saying personal history, I'll, I'll yeah, I, real you quick. know, this is everyone getting introduced. I, I think you gotta pull the hipster card and say things like, "Well, I've always been a Shang Chi fan." I don't know. I don't know that those people exist. Um, <laughs> right. And I look. You know, Normies, go to our YouTube page where you can watch this feed live. Um, I, I have my Shang-Chi comic here that's in the, the run of Marvel comics that I collect. Marvel Now, their sort of 2010 run. Um, mm-hmm. And I'll say quick story. It was the second comic that I bought in that. I, I bought them originally because I wanted to start reading Nova comics. I liked those. And then I went to the store again a month later and, and found this Shang-Chi comic. Guess what? It's... Five billion times different than what this movie is. So I think it's the perfect loose jumping point to do a lot of cool, interesting things that Marvel did. Let's jump in and talk about them. Welcome back to Normies Like Us. That's right. We're jumping in. We're going to do spoilers. We're going to talk the plot ooh, of the new film, Marvel's Shang-Chi. Their uh, first movie in theaters since uh, Black Widow, and one that you had to go to theaters to see, guys. I assume that you did as well, because we had to, right? Yeah, and uh, some people might still not feel super comfortable with that, you know, and Joe did not go see it in theaters, and that's fine. Uh, but we all did, and I was surprised. It's the most crowded a theater has been for me since the pandemic. Like, I've been really going. Yeah, more crowded than Fast and the Furious 9, obviously more crowded than The Green Knight. Um, it's the most crowded it's been, I think, since we've started getting back into the theaters, at least at the local theater that I was going to. Biggest turnout and biggest Labor Day opening of any movie ever supports that, so that's kind of cool, but we can talk that more later. Jacob, how was your experience uh, going to see this? Well, that's interesting. For me, it was a very different experience. Uh, my theater was not even full at all. It was like half full, hmm. which was surprising because I actually went at like 11 p.m. on a Saturday. Uh, oh, wow. And wow. <laughs> maybe I, I guess some of the earlier showings probably were fuller because I was like looking at seat availability. But uh, when I bought my seat, I got the best seat in the house, like center row uh, or, you know, center of the, the, uh, the theater. Uh, but uh, yeah. You know, once once people started filing in the beginning of the movie, I was like, wow, this is, you know, there's still a lot of empty seats. So, I, that was kind of surprising. But I guess I think maybe it was just because it was 11 p.m. or something like that. But, uh, gotcha. But the, yeah, you know, the, the audience was very... psychopaths start filing in. That's that's that audience you saw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the, the audience there was pretty, uh, let's just say, boisterous and a lot of... Uh, talking and, and laughing during the movie and stuff so that kind of really you know that's affected kind of my bummer. experience a little bit but you know that happens time to time so that's something you wow. have in reports of bad manners at theaters i didn't experience that it was it's was just pretty crowded and people seem to enjoy it but that's a bummer that that you had a, a, a rough crowd yeah you know it happens but uh what can you do Well, okay. Third completely different option thursday <laughs> night preview like an eight oh, o'clock wow. showing uh dead four other people maybe me and a friend and uh Mm -hmm. you know this is a film we'll get into like i want to say 25 percent subtitles so a lot of just quiet murmuring not boisterous at all Mm. just sort of a lot of like engagement you would see almost in like the green knight mike yeah right that is a a bold thing too we'll we'll get into it the movie proper you know but like yeah the fact that there's subtitles and an anecdote you know i i live in 
Koreatown you know, area doxing myself, but the local theater oftentimes <laughs> will have Korean subtitles on the blockbuster movies, right? So we would be watching it and you would have the Korean subtitle and the English subtitle and then the Chinese language wow. being spoken. So it's like this three languages happening at once for, for my experience. Nice. I like that. The melting yeah. pot. Yeah, um, yeah, it was very cool. Well, let's, you know, Mike, you're, you're kind of our quick summary maybe. guy. Let's, yeah, let's, oh. it's, it's a thousand years ago. Do, do we want to talk character first? Let's talk about, let's talk about the history of Shang-Chi and then we'll, you know, bring people Good up to idea. speed on the character himself and then we'll see that deviation, I guess, that Marvel did, if you would please. Good idea, good idea. So, Sax Romer is a English novelist. It's the 1910s. He's somebody born in like the 1890s, okay. He's kind of an Arthur Conan Doyle-esque guy who's working on like a Sherlock Holmes-esque story. And he comes up with this character, a villain, named Dr. Fu Manchu. And you go, what the fuck does this have to do with (laughs) Shang-Chi? What does a guy, an English novelist in 1910, makes a racist, evil character? Who cares? Well, fast forward to the 1970s. Uh, a very popular television show starring David Carradine is called Kung Fu. It's about the wandering monk grasshopper. Uh, and it's a very popular serialized television show that sort of gets karate, martial arts, kung fu into the zeitgeist. We're, we're not up to the karate kid yet, but we do have kick-ass Bruce Lee movies. Guy who was supposed to be in kung fu developed it. That's right. Did not get it. Um, and Marvel looks at that and goes... Well, fuck. Let's do what we do. We have Star Wars comics because Star Wars is popular. Um, We have Willow comics because, like, Willow's popular. Let's make Kung Fu the Traveling Monk comics. And they can't get Mm -hmm. the rights to it. And they go like, fuck. Okay, what do we do? Keep going through the catalog. Go through the catalog. Oh, we could buy the Sax Romer book series. We could own the character Dr. Fu Manchu. Oh, That's kind of an interesting angle to come at Mm. because we're buying a villain. We're not buying like the hero character we wanted to do, but it gives us the opportunity to just go, let's create our own traveling karate kung fu master and he'll be the son of Dr. Fu Manchu. Okay, what are we going to call him? Uh, Okay, how about the master of kung fu, Shang-Chi? And they come up with the character Shang-Chi. And um, okay. again, is that, uh, that's pretty niche for what we usually cover on Normies Like Us. So that's, I mean, that's, yeah. uh, you guys have never read any of those Sax Romer books or anything or have any idea never. who Dr. Fu Manchu <laughs> is, right? Right. No, I have no, no idea. <laughs> You're very bad, Jacob. A character that we should say, I mean, he was he was the parody basis of Dr. No, you know, for like James Bond books. It was truly just like an evil Asian super mystic. You know, there's there's kind of been a lot of characters that parody. Big Trouble in yeah. Little China is kind of like a Fu Manchu parody story. Oh, that kind of, yeah, the, the like wizard like martial arts wizard kind of vibe. He's like an yes. evil dude. Yeah, the, the villain of that movie. I, I get that vibe. And the 70s, right, that's kind of like the beginning of the breakout of, you know, martial arts movies. That's when, like, Jackie Chan starting his career. That's when Bruce Lee is doing his work. Totally. That's like, that was the early days, and we're getting, you know, Drunken Master and stuff coming out, and, you know, the Wu-Tang Clan is watching these in New York plotting world domination, you know. <laughs> totally. Their so... Um, the 70s, it's like, yeah, it's the waves starting to break, and they're like, well, let's get on this now pretty early. And I guess that's the world why they is did it. changing in an interesting way, Mike, because the other popular characters at the time for like 1997 or 1977 are like Marv Wolfman creating Blade. You know, you, you feel them oh, being wow. like, oh, other people than white people buy this stuff. So let's mm-hmm. sort of like spread our net out a little bit. Um, and Shang-Chi, a very progressive character. Now, his father, they lose the rights to Fu Manchu. Um, and he becomes a character named Zhang Zhu. Now, when mm. we get to the movie, that's not even the character that they use for Tony Lung's character, or for the father of the Shang-Chi. Yep. So again, there's a lot of springing, jumping off points and muddled history that we're, it's just almost not even worth talking about. 
but yeah, that's it's good to get that baseline, I guess. And then um, if this is a completely different take, the one thread that seems to stick is the son of the villain. You know, we'll get into it in the totally. movie. That, that is still maintained as kind of the origin, the core. It, like kind of a Star Wars story, Mike. Again, 1970s. Yeah. You can see it being like, we've got the big bad. We've got the kid who was raised by someone else who's got to do the right thing. Like they they very much know what's going on in the comic book and entertainment world. Yeah, and I think the, they did a good job with the movie. Again, we'll get there. And it's like, if you can tell that kind of Star Wars-esque story, maybe the studio that owns Marvel should make Star Wars. They might do a good job. <laughs> no, but, I don't uh, think so. Jokes aside. And you have here in the notes, there's a couple attempts to make, um, you know, Shang-Chi movies with Brandon Lee you have. And then you, you said Blade was being written, the director of the Blade movie, Stephen Norrington also mentioned he was going to do a, a Shang-Chi project. Totally. And uh, yeah, yeah. The, the Brandon Lee connection is so interesting because obviously what the character has become. Mm-hmm. So in the 70s, the traveling Kung Fu master, by the time of the 80s and 90s, I mean, we I think we kind of talked about it in our Bruce Lee episode, Mike. Yeah. You know, Enter the Dragon is essentially a James Bond movie. And they yeah. really looked at the character as a James Bond stand-in from that point. It became more about martial arts and espionage opposed to, like, mysticism. Yeah, and again, yeah. kind of not where the the movie goes. But that's that's where the comic book ends up, you know, sort of sort of taking its turn. So the fact that it was, you know, Brandon Lee, God bless his heart, you know, if he had survived the crow, might have been doing yeah. something with Shang-Chi. I, I would have loved to see that. Well, it's a full circle thing, too, in, in that... I guess parallel universe or multiverse it's like Bruce Lee developed the Kung Fu show for himself as a way to he he liked to use his movies to get the philosophy of martial arts to the masses he was going to use the show as a way to kind of do that he didn't get it so then to inspire the character Shang-Chi and then have a show or you know film with his son it like at least the ownership of the genesis of that character comes back to the Lee family that would have been great Um, instead 2021, it ends up in the Liu family um, with Simu, our lead. And I guess now we could talk what actually did make it to the screen 2021's uh, Shang-Chi, as we now know, not Shang, Shang, and The Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, what, do we, what do you guys think about it? Just general thoughts, Jacob? Let's uh, ask you first. Oh, um, you know, I thought it was uh, pretty good. I liked it. Um, you know, the... the, the fight choreography was good uh it was a pretty i'd say okay basically what i think is on a story level uh it's kind of around it it feels very similar to a lot of mcu origin stories right uh so Mm -hmm. it's not doing anything super like original or innovative in that regard but i think what elevates it is the uh the action the fight scenes and the sort of family dynamic with uh the villain uh, being, you know, Shang-Chi's dad and the fam- the familial aspect of his sister and the whole story behind their family with their with their dad and their mom. So I think that elevates it, but uh in a way in a lot of ways I think it's very uh mid-tier MCU. Hmm. I all right. I'm, I'm with what do you that. Think about Before that? I give my piece, yeah. Colin, where where are you where are you landing on it? I'm I'm excited to hear where yours is, Mike. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. a little colder <laughs> on it. I, I lean towards what Jacob said with this repetition of the origin story. I told you guys right after I saw it, it felt very Doctor Strange to me. You've got mm-hmm. the beats of two opposing people chasing down a MacGuffin that releases a being beyond anyone's conception that the good guy no, then Dormammu. has to stop. And that's, you know, not the worst thing they could be doing. This is Project 27 and movie two of phase four. It's like, you know, like Mm -hmm. at this point, guys, we're fucking running out of room. That's what again. Yeah, that's what I kind of think is like they've got a formula down now. And I kind of felt it with Black Widow, too, where it's like, you know, they've got the Marvel formula there's certain things that'll elevate certain projects. To me, this kind of felt like maybe a mix of Doctor Strange with uh, Black Panther, because uh, there's a lot of similar yes. aspects. You know, uh, yeah. Talo being basically Wakanda, but instead of uh, you know advanced technology, they have like magic and stuff. Um, yeah. I will say, I think the third act really uh, surprised me because it went places I didn't expect it to go, and so I do like 
that it built to that. But I think that this, the first and second act kind of feel a little, uh, I was not totally interested the whole time, I guess. All right, gotcha. Mike, don't dwell in the darkness any longer. Tell <laughs> us, tell us, tell us. I feel like I'm kind of in the opposite end of where Jacob was, where I was, the third act is where I started to kind of lost me a little bit. Uh, and I really liked the first two acts more because, and, you know, full spoilers we'll get to, but the yeah. end kind of gets to a big, you know, CG action Marvel style. It, it's he a big fires ending. a Kamehameha, Mike. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. Yeah, there's a lot right. going on. There's a dragon. There's well, a that's big, the thing. Is, I didn't demon. expect a giant dragon fight at the yeah, end of this Shenron. movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone knows. Um, which is uh, basically Shenlong if you're a Dragon Ball fan. Same kind of thing. So you're getting elements of cool stuff that's familiar to you if you're a fan of this genre, you know. Um, so I wasn't expecting a dragon fight, but I liked when it was being a martial arts movie. And some of the choreography, you know, is, is really impressive when yeah. they're not leaning so heavily on the CG. They are yes. doing long, wide takes the way, like, they film the fighting. It's actually pretty good for... I, I wasn't expecting the martial arts to actually be presented well. Yeah. Mike, can I ask you this? Other Marvel martial arts-focused uh, property, did you watch Netflix's Iron Fist? I did not. Jacob. I, I did not watch Iron Fist. No, I did wow. not either. Oh, okay. Did you see it? I heard I, it was not I, good, though. That's the only one of those Netflixes where I didn't make it to the second season. Mm. It's, you know, it's. I think it did live up to the disastrous hype on that one, Jacob. Yeah. Here's what I said. I totally agree with you about the the fight choreography was super well done, better than I expected for a Marvel movie, and it wasn't mm-hmm. really shown too much in the trailers. That's why I was kind of surprised because uh, it's right. there's a big part of this movie, and it does kind of harken back to even uh, you know the early 2000s. Like I mentioned, Jackie Chan at one point he was like one of the biggest you know star, one of the biggest box office draws in the yeah. world. You know, if he Period. was in your movie, you had Rush Hour, Shanghai Noon. Uh, yeah. All these Hollywood movies that were doing huge, and the they're tuxedo. all yeah. Well, maybe that's a little bit less. <laughs> well, but. and Jacob, what did those movies evolve into? The Matrix, which then right. continued to change that more and more. Yeah, and so you really yeah, had true. this kind of resurgence of kung fu and martial arts movies, even in the two thousands, which has kind of died out by this time now. So I feel like mm-hmm. this is a resurgence of martial arts in Hollywood blockbusters. Now all of all of martial arts movies are kind of the John Wick style uh, mixed martial arts, right? You got Krav Maga, yeah, you got Krav headshots, really realistic. Yeah. Gritty, like not stylized, not, you know, fantastic. Even though like these are real kung fu forms, but there's a flashiness, there's a, a theatrical yeah. element to it that's kind of missing in modern action movies and I right, really like got that, that, you know. Yeah, that crouching tiger theatricality of it all. And, uh, yeah, and, you know, Some obviously... back to that era. Yeah, and obviously we love John Wick, but it's, it, you know, it's like the popularity of that made every movie after it have to be like John Wick, whereas this is, yeah. you know, this is still very lighthearted and, and fun. And, and Jacob, mm-hmm. the success to John Wick that what those fucking producers don't understand is that when I watch those behind-the-scenes videos or the, the training videos that Keanu puts out where he goes, this is my weapon drill test for the day, and you realize... He's really doing that. Yeah. And when oh, I yeah. see the behind-the-scenes stuff that Sami Liu is really doing that stuff, right. that's why it works. And Jackie he Chan, he of course. He just did a backflip for his audition. He just, yeah. like, flipped into the superhero landing. And Hilarious. Like, right. Of course, Jackie Chan, well-known for doing, you know, all his own stunts and just doing crazy shit. And, but the thing I think that yeah. made Jackie Chan stand out in the 2000s is his comedy aspect and his able to do mixed comedy and action and, uh, you know, that kind of thing. So it's like a, I mean, his favorite actors were like Buster Keaton and these like physical yeah. comedy. Old he's really good at that. Yeah. 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 So he really liked that. And you get some of that in this in particular. I guess let's talk, you know, my favorite action scene is the scene in the bus. Uh, yes. when the bus is like, out of control. I thought just because we were talking about comedy, I thought you were about to say my favorite action star is Aquafina. But yes, <laughs> I agree that the bus well, is a fantastic part. Yeah. 
Yeah, and we're, we, there's elements in the bus scene that reminded me of old Jackie Chan fights where I see, totally. you know, Shang is trying to fight while also having another objective, such as driving the bus and yes. defending. Yes. That's a very Jackie Chan Mike, style. Mike, speaking of Keanu, it reminds me of Speed. Yeah. yeah I always yeah. thought, uh, you know, Jackie Chan, he was really good at using the environment uh, in kind of using that within the choreography of He'll the fight. He'll do things with a wooden stool that you couldn't believe. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of that in that fight scene in particular. And just like, you know, they're valet drivers and the fact that Aquafina then needs to drive a bus, like use a skill that she has right. in an important moment. Like, oh, you're making it. a movie, you know? Totally. So that stuff was good. Um, let's talk to Kassin. How do we think Simu Liu? I think he's pretty good at Shang-Chi. Uh, yeah, I thought... You know, Kami, what do you think about him? I thought he was good. Again, he doesn't have to deliver the lines well, right, Jacob? He can do the fucking flips and shit. That's literally all I fucking care about in this. The added fact that there are those, you know, thoughtful moments where he, like, the grandma is only speaking, you know, to Chinese to him and mm-hmm. stuff, and they're connecting. I'm like, oh, this is great. Yeah, and his, yeah, yeah. his casting was, I, de- I think, was a case of... Um, he was really... He really wanted to do this, and he... I think he tweeted something. It was like the... Uh, you know, our guy from uh, uh, the karate, uh, Cobra Kai, who's going to be Blue Beetle now, he wanted to do it so bad. He tweeted, oh, Marvel, yes, make me, right, you know, yeah. Shang-Chi. And then they did. So, like, he kind of, you know, got it, you know, got himself there. But uh, Ryan Reynolds did into existence. Yeah, exactly. and wants Ryan to Reynolds prove Deadpool. himself. Right. So yeah. um, he definitely wanted to do this. And I think he did a very uh, good job. Like, he didn't like he wasn't amazing or anything, but he was like perfectly fine in the role and him doing you know his own stunts in the in his own fighting definitely helps like we said with john wick you see that keanu is really doing it you see that he is really doing it that's the appeal of a martial arts film i hate when i'm watching a modern action movie and it's clearly the stunt double doing the action or they're editing too quick because he can't complete an action sequence right. that's 30 seconds or longer you know yeah this so is definitely yeah the way these these fight scenes are choreographed and shot it definitely feels like an old you know the hong kong style of action yep. um and seemingly Shaw i thought Brothers. he has the charisma to do this you know i first saw him in, in kim's convenience which is a canadian yep. show you can watch on netflix uh, about a, a canadian korean family and, and the father was in the uh mandalorian Star season Wars. two as yeah. a rebel pilot oh, so right. yeah and it's good it's funny you guys like it it's funny yeah it's a sitcom it's, it's about you know a family that owns a convenience store and uh, it's kind of the, the the parents are Korean immigrants, so they have like a heavy Korean ac- accent, and you know their cultural There's cultural misunderstanding yeah. between the, the Canadian kids, people. And, yeah, the yeah. kids are are you know first generation uh, Canadian, so they have very Canadian accents, and yeah. So it's kind of and then the dad and the son, it's kind of they have a falling out before the show starts, so it's a lot about their relationship and there's stuff and familial, he plays the song there's friction with the father he knows how to do this story yeah yeah exactly well, he, he has those 10 rings that he controls the convenience <laughs> store with right yeah yeah they're key right. rings and each one opens one of those safe boxes <laughs> but even when i saw um, that i thought you know he had the natural charisma that he could kind of front an mcu movie like this and of course he had the physique i mean he's, he's pretty ripped so uh he didn't have it's to work a, well, it's, it's a chris pratt-esque right jacob picking up from you know parks and rec you're you're plucking these uh standouts in sitcoms right but he was already pretty pretty muscular and uh came convenience i do like that they uh just remove his shirt for no reason (laughs) they're just like and take off your shirt ronnie chang we love ronnie you know he's in this movie it's like take off your shirt and it's like yeah yeah i I gotta show that that much i'd make sure they caught it on film at least for a scene definitely like uh uh but what do we think about aquafina yeah, our, our number two, our co-lead. Laura. I, I think she's good. You know, I, I was a big fan of Raya. She she voiced uh, mm. Sisu in that, uh, the dragon. She, she's good. I actually like her and um, Simu's dynamic together, this yes. kind of best friend. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I thought that was interesting as well because I almost, I mean, maybe they are doing a will they, won't they, but almost, I kind of like, it's refreshing to have like a platonic friendship between a male and a female that's you know no really in- interest in, in romance although maybe they're going to get together at some point but i but it's i just like the people right now yeah yeah I, exactly i think they're cool friends i like the um 
you know, we should go to sleep. We have an early shift and then they go out and go to karaoke and stuff all night. You know, it's like, I've yeah. been there. I, I can relate. So that, that's very fun. Colin, how, do, you, do you like Aquafina? Have you seen much of her other Nora work? Nora Lum, old Nora Lum. Um, mm-hmm. I very recently started her Comedy Central show mm-hmm. uh, where she's very good. Um, What's the yeah, name of that I'm, show? It's, you know, Aquafina it's, is Nora uh, from Queens. Is Nora from Nora Queens. Nora from Queens, yeah. Yeah, that's And right. it just got a season two. Uh, I'm excited to, I guess, catch up on it. Yeah, uh, like yeah. you, Mike, I, I have also seen that Disney Last Dragon movie. A little less into it, but I very much thought she was the standout talent-wise mm-hmm. and having fun as that dragon character. Mm-hmm. And um, what is the name of that that absolute standout uh, Sundance movie she had a couple years ago? I thought that was oh, fucking the, fantastic. The Farewell. The, the Farewell. Thank you, Asians. Jacob. You know, oh, it's funny. Wow, when yeah. I, anytime I see her or anything, because I was aware of her... When she first came out, she was an internet rapper, basically. She was kind of like a joke yeah. rapper. She's like a little dicky. Yeah. 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 And yeah. so it was like to see her transition to like a Hollywood actress that's in all these big movies, it's kind of like you never know who's going to break out and become that next level of star. But it's kind of funny to make your, your screen name Aquafina when you're a rapper. And now that's like what you're known by professionally. But um, yeah, because that was so probably just how, like a meme. Yeah, but but Mike, how deep into the Dwayne the Rock Johnson of right. it all do you think we are? Well, at look this at point? the name do, of her now, show. The now. rundown. You remember the rundown <laughs> with his movie? Well, Jacob, that's the hint. You're totally yeah. right. Naming the show after her real name is the okay. I'm coming out. Right, and once yeah. you get to, I mean, she's mm, probably right. she's like in her early 30s, probably similar age to us. It's like. At some point, you don't want to be called Aquafina when you're like 45, right? <laughs> yeah, Has anyone still... done it where they've stayed the character name? <laughs> well, Vanilla people still Ice? call The Rock The Rock, but I think, I mean, professionally, yeah. he goes yeah, by just Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Prince Eminem Slash is still, is still Eminem. Slash. Sting yeah, is still yeah. Sling. Eminem is still Eminem. You know? Yeah. That's right. But, um, yeah, so she is, a, she is a rapper, so maybe she'll keep it. But, yeah, we haven't gotten to... Nora Aquafina Lum on the posters yet. It's just <laughs> right. Aquafina at this point. Not so. yet. Now, Mike, you <laughs> said she's using her driving skills to save the day in a key scene. Very good mm-hmm. payoff. What up, yep. do you think about the archery skills coming in at the end of the day? Ooh, okay. Maybe she learned that pretty fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe they're magic arrows. <laughs> yeah, maybe I she just like, got the... Yeah, it was kind herself. of like... They needed something for her to do in the village while they're, it's like, okay, I guess she'll train at archery for a day and then she'll be good at archery. Yeah, that's a little quick. Um, I do like the line, though, like, if you don't shoot at anything, you won't hit anything or whatever. Reminds me of Wayne Gretzky, Gretzky you miss 100% that. of yeah. the shots that's you don't right. take. Very similar, but like that philosophy, yeah, because she's very, like, Michael Scott. complicit in her life. Yeah, Michael right. Scott. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean... It, it's basically just visualizing a metaphor, I guess. So, yeah, okay. It's I think the way this movie is structured, it's interesting because, like I mentioned, I think that I actually like the first act where they're setting things up, and then I like the third act. The second act feels a little, the pacing is weird because it introduces this village, hmm. like, towards the end of the movie, and then really expands. You're meeting new characters, Michelle Yeoh, and all these yeah. villager characters, oh, yeah. seeing the, these you know, technology that they have, which is like dragon scales or whatever. There's a lot of new concepts being introduced in the last third of the movie. And it feels almost a bit rushed. Well, and Jacob, like you're, you're talking, time. you know, bit rushed. We meet. A, so we're <laughs> I'm, I'm, Mike's going to do the plot here a second, yeah. but the two pendants yeah. are put together. A magic water dragon says the, the, the road to this place will be open in a week. And then instead, a faceless chicken goes, well, actually, I can get you there tomorrow. Yeah, he, do, he, do he tells Ben Kingsley that. And then ben I mean, Kingsley it's, like, it's like wild. <laughs> it's yeah, a, it's a bit ben of a stretch Kingsley. to get there, yeah. So let's, yes. let, me, let me talk about one more character, our last kind of main character, my personal yes. favorite character. And then we'll just do the plot. And we got Tony Lung as the father. Uh, oh, Wen yeah. Wu. Is that the, the name of the character? So, so it, you know, again, if we're talking differences from comics, Shang-Chi, yeah. you know, uh, a guy in his 40s, a martial arts uh, super spy. Okay, that's being changed to like a 20-year-old college student who's like a cool laid-back dude. The Mandarin, the big bad of the Iron Man universe. Jacob said, someone who has been referenced, not not even just since Iron Man 3, the Ten Rings since Iron Man 1, where they mm-hmm. were sort of the deuteragonist to Jeff Bridges' character, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 
I said, Fu Manchu's out of the picture. Zhang Zhu is introduced, this father character. Mm-hmm. Again, I just feel like Kevin Feige very wisely goes, we have a lot of baggage with character X, Y, Z all the way through the alphabet. Mm-hmm. Let's just do our own thing. Right. And they come up with the Tony Lung Wenwu character, uh, an immortal badass who uses these ten rings, again, unlike how they are in the comic books. And I, I fucking love this character. I'm sure you guys did, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah let me give my spiel on Tony Lung, because he's incredible in this. They, they, he's known as the man who can speak with his eyes, right? Yeah. So Ooh. it's like, there's so much emotion coming out of just a look. And he's know, one of the uh, most famous actors in Hong Kong ever. Right, so yeah, you, well, you know, therefore the work. world population wise, yeah, if you think yeah. about it, right? Yeah, um, Lust Caution, um, a what, bunch what of Wong Kar Wai movies, In the Mood for Love, Happy Together, uh, Twenty Forty Six. Um, yeah, he was also in Infernal he, Affairs, which is what The Departed is based off of. Martin Scorsese's The, the Departed. Yeah, he's, he's the Leo part. Yeah, yeah. He, it's a great body of work. He's incredibly talented actor. If you've never seen him. This is a great introduction, and I think he's. He does great in this. I like. There's a, a turmoil. There's a tragedy to his character, and he really, even when he's being soft, like with the wife and tender, like there's such a range that he demonstrates as this villain ant- antagonist. He's not even really a villain, and it, it right. he shows a pretty broad spectrum. And I think he does a great job doing that. So that's right. it. I'm a stand for Tony Lung in this movie. He's the best part for me. Well, I totally agree. I think he was great. And, you know, classic Marvel, the villain is always some kind of, you know, complicated, uh, you know, sympathetic backstory. Obviously, we saw that with Black Panther and a bunch of others. But um, so it is a little more complicated. He's not the actual villain, you could say. Uh, But uh, Tony Lung, he's great. And he's such a, you know, that class of actor where, of course, you know, even in an MCU movie, he's going to give that character depth, more depth than even maybe they imagined when they wrote it. So um, if you haven't seen it, watch some, you know, watching the mood for love. That's an amazing, uh, totally a heartbreaking, sad movie, but uh, beautiful. The, the city of sadness. Another <laughs> sad movie. Yeah. In the mood for love is the only Tony Lung movie I'd seen, but Jacob to, to what you're saying, as far as standout, you know, this is a movie that's an Iron Man villain, as I just said. This is a movie with actual Shang-Chi villains. You've got Razor Fist, the guy with the sword for the arm. You've got yes. Death Dealer, you know, the guy with the crazy mask face. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Then a Thor villain, the dweller in the darkness. Mm. But the person who's always going to stand out is the human character with, like, a real reason for doing stuff. Where halfway through this movie, I'm like, just let the guy talk to his wife. Like, like what's everybody being such a bummer about? Let Tony right. Long have sex with his wife. Who cares? I'm calling it now, I'm calling it now, I'm calling it now You'll find love with me somehow, yes somehow I'm calling it now Yeah, yeah it's a good character, I guess now we can just talk about general and, plot well, like, One other character oh, that yeah. I wanted to talk about real quickly is the Ben Kingsley of it all. We do need to the, mention that. They clean yeah, up some... Yeah, you know, we saw Mandarin. Iron Man 3, and at the time, I thought that was a great way to do Mandarin, who's like a problematic character, right? So what, how, how to do... Instead of doing him straight, we'll do a fake... Uh, basically, an actor playing the Mandarin as this, like, worldwide terrorist. Uh, and then we find out, you know, obviously he's working for Guy Pierce, but he's just this drunk actor... And mm-hmm. I'm amazed that they actually got him. They brought him back in this movie, and he's in a lot more than you would expect. Yeah. Uh, and he's like a real right? character. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Iron Man 3, my favorite Marvel movie. I, I think it's the best. Jacob, I'm with you. I was not one of these people who are like, they hold on. These movies are making a mockery of my favorite villain. The, the guy Mandarin. who's up there with the Joker, the right. Mandarin. Right. And they even you know, like, joke about it in this who, who, one, like, oh, yeah. they named their villain after an orange or whatever. It's right? like, yeah. of course it's a joke. And, and to get the line from Sir Ben Kingsley, what I didn't realize was an incredibly, you know, offensive performance <laughs> at the time. I mean, he is literally apologizing for that movie. I right. love it. Yeah. yeah. And I think I that's think, the only way they could have done it in Iron Man 3 at the time is to kind of hang a lampshade on it and not do it as a straight villain. Yeah, and then Tony Long, you know, addresses that, like, yeah, like you said, they named it after a chicken dish, these idiots, but it's right. still scared the idiots, you know, <laughs> out there. Like, it, it worked as a play, yes. but he, he acknowledges that, and yeah, put a lampshade on it. I think they did a good job with that. Now, 
yeah, the the Doctor Strange, the the uh, the Ancient One. There was the controversy about the Tibetan, you know, conversion to to appease China. Mm-hmm. Essentially, a lot of people think to Tilda Swinton, a Celtic character. Yeah. Then there was the white savior tropes in Iron Fist. People weren't liking that. Yeah. We've, we've hit the target in this one. Again, you know, we talked about it. The, the, the fact that it was in subtitles most of the movie, too. Yeah. This is a film where they're saying, like, we have learned our lessons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I say definitely. They've definitely matured. And I think, um, I, like I said, I'm impressed with it. It, it. For where they've come from to where we are now, it fixes yes. issues. It's a new martial arts movie, which is cool. Um, so good, now, good on them. now take us through it, Mike, because this is where I have issues. I like we like all the characters. I think we're agreed on that, yeah. right, guys? But yeah, basically, you know, Sean, Sean, in the beginning, he doesn't really care about doing much. He's just parking cars with Aquafina. Then um, he gets pulled into uh, these guys are after his necklace. He gets turns out he has powers that. Uh, Aquafina didn't know about. <laughs> then they go on a journey because they stole his necklace. Turns out the necklace is one of two. They meet up with his sister. They come after her, get her necklace, or then, you know, there's a whole, you know, the fight club underground scene. Turns out those necklaces open the passages, Colin said to Talo. And then that's where there's the uh, ancient village where they have been keeping at bay the dweller in darkness. And the dweller is calling out to Tony Lung, who is stealing the necklaces to open the way. Because he thinks his dead wife is calling him from there, but it's a big trick from a giant bat right. monster that gets released. Yes. <laughs> and, and there's a lot of dragons. dragons and then the dragon <laughs> fights it at one point. Fights that too. And uh, so uh, Shang-Chi has to step up to his father and stop him from uh, releasing Cthulhu. He has to realize he can control the wind by dancing around him, obviously, mm-hmm. that he's inherited from his mother. And he has yes. to earn the respect to wear uh, alien jewelry. Yes. Uh, and I, I want to talk about all that. My, my first gripe, if we're going all the way back yeah. with it, I don't like plots in movies where the the button is, well, I didn't write this message. Wait a minute. They faked this message so they could smoke out. You know, they would see me go over to Jenny's house instead. And now they know where Jenny lives. We got to go. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that that just never works for me. Well, there's a lot of um, MacGuffins or like things is like, oh, this thing does this Forced thing. Which will travel do this thing. is what I would say, yeah. Jacob. Yeah. It's like where he it's gets like, that postcard <laughs> and he's like, oh, I thought you said, you know, he thought it was from his sister or whatever. Hated it. Yeah. You know, I might need to watch it again just to keep everything straight, but. But, it's yeah, a long they, journey just to get us to this this ending. And then uh, set so much. It's a long journey just to get to the Fight Club, where you're like, but half of this doesn't even make sense. But it looks really right. cool. Yeah, yeah. It does. And like I said, that last third is so packed with world building. And like Michelle Yeoh's character, you know, we didn't really touch on her much, but she's you know kind of the village elder kind of. Yeah, care she's of their, their aunt. aunt. She's, she's the, the sister aunt. of their mother. Yeah. Exactly. Most characters in this movie are immortal, <laughs> but also maybe not because it takes. I keep having to remind myself it takes place in 1996 to start. You oh, know, because right. when he comes out a thousand years ago, I'm like, "All oh, right, Shang Chi's like ancient. That makes sense." They're like, "No, he was born in 1996." I'm well, like, "His oh, dad really? is immortal, <laughs> his dad, right. Right. and his right. mom but might have been Tony immortal Lund just died. like." Living like a '90s lifestyle and existence of like, no, I've you know I've always been around, but now I'm just gonna have a couple normal kids. Right. That's well. I guess the thing is, he the thing that changed his life is meeting their mother, and then he decides to settle down and have a family instead of being like a evil warlord Hang up or whatever. The rings. Yeah. He puts those away too. If you love it, but then, then you should have put ten rings on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then of course their did. mother dies, and he goes back to uh, his his warlord ways and trains his son to become like a killing machine basically that's right and he doesn't want to go through with it but he does he he finds those responsible for killing the mother and then he he kills the guy he he lies to uh aquafina at first but it turns out he didn't he regretted it and he he ran away and didn't want to do assassin stuff anymore there's a lot of flashbacks in this movie a lot of flashbacks that is true it's like oh there's there's flashbacks where we see flashbacks inside of flashbacks where i'm like okay here we (laughs) go like flashbacks yeah, there's a right. lot of, they're covering a lot of ground. And again, that last third probably deserved more time because there's so much being added. Like the dragon skills, that's a new technology in and of itself, yeah. right? And just, yeah, I mean, it's almost like it. that stuff feels like it could have been in Shang-Chi 2 or something. But it's like, what uh, if we did Black Panther, but we only get to Wakanda for the last 40 minutes? 
Like right. that's the only the, time we're experiencing yeah, that place. It was yeah. almost like Black Panther was like the setup. You already see the origin of him in Civil War, so they kind of could skip a lot of the setup origin stuff that oftentimes drags down origin movies and go right to okay, he's in Wakanda, his father's dead, blah blah blah. This is like they have to set up everything, and then even the yes. the scaffolding fight, which is another cool set piece, but it's like you know they're being chased by the Ten Rings assassins, but then at the end, like they just kind of capture them, but they're not really like they're they're not being held they captive. Didn't really they're matter. Just, yeah. yeah, yeah, and they weren't trying the, to kill the assassins. Weren't trying to kill them. No, just they like, were just trying to get them get for the their dad. They could have just. Uh, Tony Lung can kind of just show up at any point, could, just kind of start smooth so talking powerful. people, and you could just kind of leave. That, it might be one of the powers of the rings. Mike. Tony could also just show up and like destroy any. Like he he is so formidable when he has the ten rings going. Like he could just yeah. take the rings if he like the pendants. So it's like he's just and playing so, but, a game. Wider, wider Marvel stuff here, guys. You know, because again, I'm the guy who's asking questions during Star Trek and stuff. I just, I cannot let this stuff settle. Yeah. We're just lucky that Tony Lung didn't get snapped? Or do you think his rings protected him? Do you think he was doing anything in that I think time? At this point, you, know, wow. you know, they even mentioned like, oh, we live in a world where half the population can disappear for five years. But there's no, you know, saying who might have been snapped or not like they kind of just they have to mention it but like don't think about it too much because right you know who knows yeah, well if there's a 50 50 chance i'm guessing he probably didn't because he kept running his organization for those five years you would think maybe the rings because you know it's alluded to they're super ancient maybe uh maybe it did protect him maybe they're older than the infinity stones we don't even know that at this point and yeah, but I mean, said, do we even know Shang-Chi may have got snapped? Aquafina might have got snapped. We, you know, we don't know. We have no idea. Right, but if they had been separated, Jacob, they'd be aging differently. Now, this this raises my my biggest worry is the, the post-credits scene stuff. Yeah, let's get to there. I just wonder, you know, going forward, because uh, Jacob, like you said, Black Panther had the beauty of another movie where stuff was getting introduced. This one, the way they're tacking these things at the end is like, yeah. Also, we might call you up to the big leagues one day, and you know we might also call up these people, the Eternals, up to the big leagues one day. Right, and you know, the right. Avengers Five guys, it's coming up, and maybe you'll all be a part of it. Who knows when we'll see you again? Might be Shang-Chi too. I mean, it just feels like yeah, relax. Right. Well, that's the thing is they they have to remember that these movies need to stand on their own as movies. Like, yeah, you can you have to connect it. Like, obviously, you have Wong at one point, and then that cutscene. At the end, it's pretty lackluster to me. You get like hologram Mark Ruffalo and Brie Larson. It's like, oh, okay, what are yeah, these? we're Avengers. I don't know what those are. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. it's like them saying like your movie counted. If yeah. it didn't, we wouldn't be here. You made it, kid. You got a Brie Larson cameo, and it's right. like we don't I, need that. One no. of the strengths Mike was saying after he saw it was I kept forgetting it was a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. And yeah. If you didn't have that shit at the end, I would feel if it's set up. Shang-Chi 2, where, like, you know, a, a black dragon came out at the end and was like, Shang-Chi, you're crazy. I'm going to get you next time. I would have been like, this fucking movie yeah. rules. Yeah. But instead, I just get nervous about where it's going and, like, what's going on? It almost felt like, oh, you know, we need an end credit scene. They're going to be expecting that. And we need some kind of connection to the overall MCU. Who's the cheapest? We, yeah. How much can we get oh, we Mark for? Ruffalo. Okay, yeah, great. do anything. Yeah, um, Mark will show yeah. up. And the second end, the second end scene was fine. I mean, it was just uh, you know his sister. We see that she's now leading the Ten Rings, and that kind of I like that one better. Obviously, because it was better, that kind of yeah. sets up yeah. for this franchise instead of trying to expand on the whole world. Yeah, that, that's a much better tag. But I do like when they're um, explaining their adventure. And then there was a dragon fighting a bat to their regular friends in San Francisco. So funny! You guys are making fun being of me. Honest right. about well, it. this yeah. is the thing that. I realize is like those friends shouldn't really be surprised at all. I mean, they've all these people have lived through everything that's happened <laughs> yeah. in the MCU. It, yeah. The snap, you know, Superhero they've seen it all at this point. Covered on the and news, you, yeah. yeah, they know what's yeah. going on. Just and then we met Iron Man's terrorists. That's all you would have to say, and they would be like, "Oh, I do remember that like seven years ago." Yeah, yeah we, that's right. true. We're friends with the Mandarin now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so it's like the fact that anyone is surprised by anything in this universe is just like you shouldn't be at this point. Yeah. No. Aliens exist. Come on. They've invaded New York, yeah. But um Yeah. 
Yeah, this movie overall, maybe pacing some issues there. There's great action, great casting, good characters. And, you know, it's a Marvel movie. You're, it's going to be safe. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, though, 98%. It, it's doing well. People seem to be loving it. So, good on you. Um, Mike, do you like it better than Black Widow, our other Phase 4 oh, movie? Definitely. Not, not the TV shows. All we've got is Loki, WandaVision, Black Widow, and now Shang-Chi and What If. You like it better, you Yeah, said. this is the best kind of... Yeah, it's the best movie. I don't know if it's the best Phase Four thing. I, I like Loki a lot, but it's it's definitely better than Black Widow by a long shot. Jacob, out of that scale, yeah, I'd say it's better than Black Widow. Um, I I like it just because it has the unique angle of of the martial arts, and I think that makes it stand above a lot of recent MCU because it's all all starting to you know kind of blend together, and you need something for it to stand out really. And that's yeah. kind of my worry with Eternals; it it doesn't look that interesting but i guess i thought that about shang chi before you know just seeing the trailer i think they left a lot of the good stuff out in the trailer which was maybe smart because then people are kind of it's better than a lot of people expected when they actually go to see it yeah there was no dragon yeah. in the trailer no yeah <laughs> and I, yeah 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 we keep saying these references but there was a lot of dragon ball for me at the end there mike mm-hmm. when he's taking on the dweller in the darkness you know the posturing Believe it, there was a lot of three ninjas. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot yeah. of um, Sonic the Hedgehog with just the rings spinning around him. Like, right, there was a yeah, lot of media yeah. where I could just sort of, like, grab onto and be like, or, like, the Chaos Emeralds. Like, this is this is just really cool looking. I yeah, thought it was definitely. interesting when they go to Talo, you see all these different animals that exist there. Like, um, these kind of mythological animals from, like, Chinese folklore and yeah. stuff being actualized. So like, fucking interesting is yeah. that... Like, they looked like traditional Chinese art of animals. Like, the lions looked the like, lion you know, Chinese things. lions. But it's like, are those just... So, I guess ancient Chinese people were just drawing those based on going that, to like, Talo one, and seeing those. Got like. out of the, one got out of the bamboo forest, <laughs> yeah. attacked a village, like, went back, and they're like, fucking faceless <laughs> chickens. Yeah, like, making drawings right. of it. Yeah, we got to put these <laughs> right. in front of our buildings now to ward off. Like, we're going to make statues of do this they, thing. It's crazy. But do they... Do they explain why Maurice is in the castle? Because Wen Wu is looking for this way in there. He knows the penance is the only way. He says the city only reveals itself a certain amount of time. I don't think they even say if it's like once a year, once every 10 years. I don't think they put a number on it. But somehow he has Maurice, and somehow Maurice saves the entire day for this movie. Is that I the biggest said, plot hole? Uh, ben Kingsley says that he found that uh, Tony Lung found him at some like when he was doing uh, one of the excursions to find the entrance he, or whatever. Yeah, or he found them in some. He was shop just roughing some, it like, through the bamboo curio or shop, so like uh, he oh. escaped at some like point. Like a gremlin, like yeah, a mongrel. Yeah, I think that's what he said. <laughs> That's well, what Ben Kingsley said. That's amazing. I hope so. <laughs> I would have to rewatch it, but um, but they also like they don't explain why. Like he doesn't. He talks to Ben Kingsley, and Ben Kingsley can understand him, but they don't explain why either. So, yeah. and it's Ben a Kingsley weird. acts like like the Mandarin wasn't capable of seeing him. He he is shocked that the people he is interacting with right now also have the ability to see it. Right. Yeah, that felt very like the whole second act was like reshoot. Okay, this is how we get to Talo. Is that we drive this car yeah. and like the Morris is like directing them. It was it was interesting. I don't know, but they had to use their car driving skill again. Payoff, set up and payoff. We did it. <laughs> well, that's um, one thing I can say about <laughs> Aquafina. I liked her performance. Her character at sometimes she was just kind of there, and it's like okay, we need something for her to do. As the friend, the sidekick I, I friend, like, I guess. What's yeah. a line? What would Kat Denning say right now? Yeah. You know, let's so look to her, our other yeah, films She drives cars and apparently she shoots arrows at the end too. So yeah. <laughs> I like that she can make friends with anybody. Like, oh, I love your pants. Like, thank you. Yeah. You know, she's like, just even I, the bad guys like her. Even better, the Hotel California thing coming back. I like that she <laughs> that said, I scream, I scream that at him <laughs> to disorient them. She does it in the fight, and then they do the karaoke at the end. I was yeah. like, that's yeah. a good runner. That's good escalation. I and then the did you like some that... of these mini bosses that they have, like the, the masked guy that like trained uh, well, Shang-Chi. that was Jacob. That that's really the Death Dealer, where uh, the three ninja stuff came back to me. Because if you remember, those yeah, kids have those, those masks, masks. Mike. You know, Rocky mm. has like the the green mask. Where like I didn't realize that's a mask that guy's wearing. But of course it yeah. is. That's why it's so smooth like that. Yeah, and he never talks. And then at the end, he's 
he gets his soul sucked out by the thing, and it's like, oh shit, this thing's for real. They're sucking souls over here. That's and then Razorfist is like, we'll team up. Come on, let's do it. It's like, okay, I yeah. guess so. I thought his name was Razor Vest when I looked at the writing on the car. Because <laughs> he wears a vest, too. I'm like, yeah, yeah, Razor Vest. That's true. But yeah, they team up. I, I guess the thesis for me, before we get to final thoughts here, coming up, we've been talking Shang-Chi for a bit. There's more good than bad. Not perfect, but better than your average Marvel movie, and I guess we'd say check it out and I guess you can check out our final thoughts in the mix early in the morning lost inside my sleep the nightmares of fancy memories of free we're back we're leaving Taolo uh, because the great protector has just helped us vanquish the dweller in darkness mm. here talking Shang-Chi we're giving our final thoughts um, I'll just I'll, I'm gonna just dive right in guys you know comic books in my opinion are the absolute worst medium for action possible I think even in in the mm. written word you can just espouse and, and go on and on and describe things Whereas, if you think about comic books, you know, a real fight, if a panel is the fist going back, the fist going forward, the panel's a block, the panel's a kick, that's a whole page you used up. Yeah. And Mike, you only get 13 of those, okay? Mm-hmm. Shang-Chi's a hard sell in that um, area. You know, because when you think in action, you go, no, no, that's not true, Colin. I love all sorts of action comics. I like when, you know, Batman has an explosion behind him and he's swinging. No, that's like imagery. That's like iconography, like big mm-hmm. moments. Um, and I think I think Shang-Chi is the best adaptation possible because I, I think this is the best take that it ever could have been. You know, it, it is it is good action. It's much more interesting characters. It's it's developed. It's creative. It's not just, you know, racist stereotypes, thank God. Um, yeah. And in that way, I think it is super successful. Again, I don't know what I want out of the future of it. I don't know where I want this kid to show up in the scheme of things again. I would love to see another Shang-Chi movie. A, you know, Legend of Tao Lo or a Legend of whatever it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um I'd like to see him be a bigger part of it. I think I told you guys off pod, but my big fear of this movie is, does it kind of have a Raiders of the Lost Ark syndrome? Like if Wen Wu just got the sister's pendant and, you know, Shang-Chi wasn't in the movie, all the stuff would have happened. The Dweller in the Darkness would have still just eaten people and then someone else would have just saved the day with the Great Protector, right? So mm-hmm. well, I, I, think I don't that know. Shang-Chi had to kind of show his dad that, uh, you know, Basically, his dad uh, sacrificing himself at the end. They had to go through that emotional growth to get to that point, I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the father-son relationship, I mean, familial piety is a really big part, you know, of like Asian culture, Chinese culture, you know. True. So, like, tying the family dynamic into the core of the characters and their arcs, like, that's a a really smart move, I think, too. Yeah. kind of have that work and tell that story between the father and son and learning to forgive each other for abandoning the family business or training him to be a killer. So it's like they get that moment. You know? No good. Yeah. I guess if I could jump uh, here and do my final thoughts. Um, Colin, you mentioned the, the 10 rings in comics are just rings on your finger, right? The idea totally. that yeah, the, totally the bracelets in this, yeah, that's way cooler. And I yeah. remember mentioning when I saw the trailer that it's like the bracelets, I'm like, Oh, that's like in Kung Fu hustle. One of the, one of the villagers, Stephen Chow movie, um, you know, that they have that power. You see that kind of Kung Fu form where it's like bracelets. I don't know why they would ever make them finger rings. That's dumb. So they did the totally. right thing here. And then you get a Kung Fu hustle poster in uh, Sean's room, which I, I like that because Tony Leung went to acting school with Stephen Chow and they did some early auditions. Uh, They've had a little right. bit of overlap. Cool. And so, uh, the the old guy in the village there. that that talks to Aquafina was in he was the landlord in Kung Fu Hustle, right? Oh yeah, who who uh, so um, funny that yeah, he dies. Tony Lung calls uh, him young man or something. Yeah, I think yeah. Watch who you're talking to, young man, and he's an old dude yeah. because he's a thousand years old. Yeah, um, hilarious. So yeah, some great I references like and. I love that movie, Kung Fu Hustle and Shaolin Soccer, another Stephen Chow movie. Yeah, yeah. The book. Mermaid. Stephen Chow's a genius. Yeah. yeah, so good references to like classic uh, kind of Kung Fu and you know martial arts film heritage in this. 
And that's what I think, as I said earlier, a lot of people, young people, this might be their first martial arts movie and hopefully they get interested in it. You know, you're saying comics being not the best platform for action, you know, for martial arts, maybe a good martial arts movie. It's so much about those key poses. It's not punch, punch, like MMA is not visually interesting to watch. It's 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 intense and gritty. But you hit yeah. these key poses where you know that someone's blocking or deflecting. Like it's really easy to like hit those moments. And when the choreography is good, that's why live action, even beyond CGI, is the best format for a martial arts film. And totally. I think they do a good job of capturing that when they do. And that's when the movie's at its best is when it's firing on those action cylinders. And it totally gets a little Again, long, I think, but uh, I like it. Yeah, I think. Again, martial arts, the way that it's evolved in film, you know, films recently is that John Wick, like everything has to be as efficient and practical as possible because it's like realism, right? Whereas this Mm -hmm. is like, it's not totally realistic, but it's like, it looks, you know, it's flashier. It looks more aesthetic. And that's something that hasn't really been in Hollywood recently since, like I said, Jackie Chan. So. I love to see that and, and hopefully it kind of brings about like a, a kung fu, you know, renaissance in Hollywood movies so. like, uh, yes. you know, where you can go see a, a rush hour type movie and, you know, because th- we haven't had that since Jackie Chan, you know, has stu- isn't as big of a star it, it, as There's so there many ideas been an for martial arts star. No, but just because of guns, you can, but you can write them out. There's, you know, it's a post-apocalypse, there's no guns, or, you know, on this island, it's all outlawed, like in Enter the Dragon. There's reasons to do Kung Fu, put it in, put the martial arts in the scripts, we want to see it. I guess my last note on this is the martial arts in this movie are better than the martial arts in Mortal Kombat, which came out this year, (laughs) which is interesting to say, right? And... So, yeah, I I recommend it. Go check it out if you feel safe. Otherwise, wait. It's been kicking ass, I'd say, martial arts at the box office. Um, but, yeah, shang I have a feeling it'll come to, to DVD, you know. We Disney always track the box office on here. I'm glad it's doing well. It, it'll be on there soon, people. I'm, Interesting. I'm excited for uh, Shang-Chi 2 and the yeah. Rise of the Black Dragon or whatever, you know. <laughs> I thought it was interesting. I was reading about the, the box office. It's doing... <laughs> really well in america but not so as well actually over in asia in china and stuff i guess mm-hmm. i don't think it's even been released in china yet and i, I was don't think it will be yeah so i thought that was kind of interesting but then i was reading it's like i guess chinese audiences aren't super into the stories of chinese americans where they want to watch i mean if you're in mm. china and you're watching all these you know uh kung fu martial arts movies done in china you don't want to watch it's like if you're in america yeah. Would you rather watch uh, and, a, an American Western or, you know, a Chinese version of an American Western? Well, you probably want to watch. Or, uh, you know, <laughs> this is what I ask myself whenever I watch my Canadian CW shows, Jacob. Yeah. But uh, some, a point I really want to point out, just because you brought it up. This is a movie about the Asian American experience, okay? It's set in San Francisco, you know, I mean. Set in San Francisco, Chinatown. Uh, you, you've got characters talking about what did you change your name to? Sean. Another character confronts Aquafina. What is your Chinese name? When Wu asks her. Right. Well, this is this. We Names talked about his, his his English accent. Working on that yeah. as a kid. The, all that. The, the the Fight Club promoter says, "Don't worry, girl. I speak ABC." Right. I had to look this up. Normies, if you don't know that, that is American-born Chinese is what he's saying. That is a cultural joke, not for us. That right. is this is a movie very specifically made for an audience, and I I really love. That. Another little yeah. reference I thought was funny in the beginning when he's telling about how someone mistook it, thought he was Korean. They said, "Oh, Gangnam Style." He played. He Simu Liu was born <laughs> in China, uh, emigrated to Canada, I think, at age five. Uh, but he played a Korean, a Canadian Korean in Kim's Convenience. So it's kind of funny that uh, uh, you know, commenting on yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, sure. But so yeah, very interesting. My final thoughts. Uh, I did like it, and I think that there's things that make it stand above a lot of MCU movies. That had some pacing problems. I guess was my biggest flaw. Uh, I have to rewatch it, but I'd say I'm more interested in seeing this again than like Ant Man or Doctor Strange even. And I'm interested in seeing a sequel more huh. than I am like like I would be seeing like Ant Man three. I'd rather see Shang Chi two. Right. I like Ant-Man and I would do that. Yeah, it's, I think it's yeah. probably in the top three of the origin movies, you know? Yeah. I, it might. I think it's up there with Black it, it Panther. It with Black Panther, yeah. Yeah. 
I put it above like the first generation of like Captain America, Thor one. I never really yeah. liked those ones, and I think the more MCU has kind of found their formula, they can kind of they can make movies within the formula while also adding different original twists on it to kind of keep it original, right? So this has that aspect, and that's what I liked about it. Sure, and here we have, you know, 25 movies later, uh, a a character who's reappeared since one of those early first-time, one-time origin stories, uh, Abomination, since the Incredible Hulk movies. So, you know, it's, it's the power of the deep bench of Marvel, but it's also that repetition. I, I think we're all feeling that right now. And the need yeah. to have everything to remind you that everything's connected and like, you know, Wong can show up at one point and you're like, oh yeah. And you have Doctor Strange and Spider-Man. You're like, oh yeah. So it's like everything's connected. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But yeah. Well, let us know what you thought of it. We've been talking it. Are you feeling the Marvel fatigue? Are you not? Did you watch Shang-Chi? Did you love it or not? Let us know right in the comments on the YouTube if you happen to watch this there. And we thank you for going on this journey to uh, claim the Ten Rings with us. Uh, appreciate it. I thank guess, you. It's uh, another yeah. uh, legend of the Ten Normies here with your hosts, Kung Fu Colin. Mike Wafina. And Jacob in the Ten Rings. <laughs> Doo-doo. Hotel California. Copyright strike. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. My name is Optimus Prime, leader of the Autobots. If you don't like, share, subscribe, or visit our YouTube, remember, I will kill you.